among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending the sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put your apron on and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Congregation, you may be seated. So, what's in your mason jar? Fast reading Bible study, as we reflect on the things that Scripture wisely advises us to let go of in our lives, and those things that we should hang on to, we read the story of the Israelites as they were led out of Egypt after having been freed from generations and generations of slavery. Moses led them out after hundreds of years, after having suffered at the hands of of one Egyptian pharaoh after another. But their newfound freedom was something scary and unknown. And they started to worry about what they were to eat. And they began to cry out and complaints to the Lord as to why it is that the Lord could not have just left them to die in Egypt. Not to be overdramatic or anything, but you have to wonder, where is their faith? After seeing the power that the Lord has had in being able to help Moses in all of his interactions with the Pharaoh, eventually lead them out of Egypt, even helping them to escape as Pharaoh's armies were coming after them through the Red Sea, the Red sea you have to wonder how it is that they have forgotten all of those things that they have just been saved from. And here, a month later, they are worried about what they are to eat in the wilderness of places that they find themselves in, feeling all alone. It is part of our human nature, though, to worry and to fear, especially what we don't know is ahead of us. We easily forget the events of the past, and we are overwhelmed by the present unknown and the reality that we find in The Lord hears their complaints and sends this white, flaky substance, kind of like dew, that falls upon the ground every night. So that it's there every morning. With the specific instructions to them that they are to take a certain amount every day for their family. With the exception of the sixth day, that day is twice the amount, gather twice the amount, in preparation for the Sabbath when no work costs to be done. So what do the people do? Inevitably, they start to try and gather more than what they were told to do in the first place. Thinking that they can save it up for themselves. And what happens? It starts to go bad. It starts to get foul. And it starts to be inevitable. And some people dismiss what they were told to do on that sixth day and then go out on the Sabbath day trying. 
find this flaky-like substance called manna to gather up meat. These clear instructions that the Lord had given to Moses for the people were meant to help them out, to know what it was exactly they were to do, and to also help them to start putting their trust in the Lord instead of in, their, in themselves. It was to help them to start being formed and shaped as the people of God that they were At the very end of the story, the Lord instructs Moses to take some of the manna and put it into a jar so that it can be preserved among the people for all time as a symbol, as a reminder to them of how it is how it was that the Lord had been present with them all throughout that time in the wilderness, providing for them what they needed for each day. What's in your mason jar? In our gospel for today, the disciples are not actively complaining per se, but they do have this request that they make known to Jesus. Increase our faith. It seems to be so harmless. One might even ask the same of him today. Help us to be more faithful in following Jesus. Give us more faith so that we can be strong like you. And yet, in Jesus' response, we hear the disconnect of God's world and the world in which we live. The world in which we live in, where we get caught up worrying about not having enough in life. Where we have already gotten sucked into thinking that the more that we have is surely better. And so we try to gather as much manna as we can for ourselves each and every day in order to secure ourselves. And yet Jesus turns all of this upside down. With this crazy reality that we have already been given faith. We already have it. We've already received it as the gift that it is. And furthermore, it's not something quantifiable. It's not something even measurable. It's not something that we can put a price tag on and a value on. And having more of it doesn't make life any easier for us. It doesn't take away the challenges or the hardships or the demons that we inevitably will face in this life. Our minds are bewildered by this, especially when it feels as if we are in that wilderness place. When it feels as if we are all alone. When it feels as if we don't know what tomorrow will be. As if everything is working against us. Which is where the disciples have been finding themselves to. The larger section that this, that this passage fits in has been focused on the topic of discipleship. And what it means for us to follow Jesus. And the disciples have already given up so much to do just that. They've left their families. They've left their, the jobs that they once knew. And they have started following him. Now, they're also on the road to Jerusalem. You and I know exactly what that means. Even as the disciples are still trying to figure that out completely. And so you can't 
blame them for asking Jesus what they have. Increase our faith. Increase our faith, Jesus. Give us the strength so that when others challenge us for following you, we can be strong. And point them to seeing the good news of your ways and of your teaching. Increase our faith, Jesus. Help us when our worries and our doubts start taking over. Help us to trust in you first. Increase our faith, Jesus. Help us to see through your eyes and do what you would want us to do. Jesus points them to this mustard seed. You might not even be able to see it in here. It is the smallest of all the seeds. But it grows into becoming one of the largest of fishes. It doesn't happen overnight, though. And so often, you can't see the changes and the growth that it makes from day to day. Which is true of our faith, too. You can't always see it. You can only see how it has grown and how it has changed. Jesus then pushed them to look beyond themselves and their worry about whether or not they had enough of their faith into this way that seems rather harsh when we hear it ourselves. But sometimes we need the people around us to help us to see what we're not able to. And so the example that Jesus uses at the end of our passage today is one that is so real in their world. Bad having slaves and servants. And now, of course, all the hearers in Jesus' audience would not have been in a position to have slaves of their own, but they all would have understood what was expected of a servant. No one would expect a master to invite their servants to come and sit at the table. When they came in from plowing the fields or keeping the sheep, they were to eat dinner going and to prepare for the master. The servant's job was to serve. The people who told Jesus understood that. And then Jesus is trying to make this point. He does so to point out that the master wouldn't have thanked the servants for what they did. Because it was expected. It's hard for us to do that in our lives today, but it was an example that worked so well for Jesus' hearers because they understood completely what it meant. And Jesus, I think, through it, is trying to help the disciples to see that they are servants of the Lord. So they are to be about seeking to do the Lord's work in all that they do. And when they do that, they're not going to have extra time on their hands to worry about how great the size of their faith is. Instead, they'll remember the symbol of the gift of faith that they have already been given. And that grows without seeing. And one wish that grows to the impact that we have on the people around us when our faith is put into action. We might not be able to see it as much as we see it, John. We might fear at times that you don't have enough faith. 
you trust, the faith is there, that you've already been given it, and it's more than enough to that what you need to understand. And hopefully you'll be able to see it and remember the symbol of faith in your life, of how it is that God has been present with you in those wilderness times, so that you can also look ahead to see the impact of your faith in action on the lives of people around you. What is it that's in your mason jar? The Israelites, it was the manna. The Lord told Moses to put a new jar to preserve, to have in front of them, so that the people would always remember how the Lord had fed them and walked with them through that wilderness what is it that's in your reason? What does that look like for you? Looking back at your own life, what is something that serves as a reminder to you that you weren't alone when you found yourself in the midst of a wilderness? When it felt as if you surely didn't have enough faith to make it through? My own life, sorry, this is a bit of a mason job, but you it is a journal that I have. I allow all these prayers and conversations to God. At a time when it felt as if I was all at a really difficult time when I didn't know what was going to come next. And through that, I've been able to see all the ways in which God came close through the people around me, through the things I heard, through even the things that I experienced, to be able to be me. And it helped me to realize that I had faith all along. The faith that had been gifted to me in order to get me through the experience of the world. And for that, I keep it close in my messenger. And I give thanks 